0: to Sense and Sensibility, the Inflation Guy podcast. I am Michael Ashton. I am the Inflation Guy, and I am your host, and it is CPI Day again. And why, oh why, does Christmas come but once a year? This is episode 46, and it is this month's CPI report. So let's set the stage for today's number going into today. Today. The consensus was for about a 0.3% overall inflation rate and slightly above a 0.3% on core. Um, that the swap market kind of saw 0.2% as as headline, but um, uh, but 0.3, 0.3 was sort of what the market was looking for. And and part of the reason that that's lower than than the core inflation numbers we've been seeing recently, you know, we've we We've been running, you know, 0.5s and 0.6s for a while here with some 0.7s thrown in. One of the reasons that people became convinced that this number would be low is because of what happened last month with health insurance. And I, I talked about it in last month's CPI report. The way that the Bureau of Labor Statistics calculates the CPI for health insurance. It's kind of weird and wonky, and it basically has nothing to do with what you pay for health insurance. It's a plug number that accounts for the fact that consumers buy a lot of their medical care by paying for insurance, and then insurers pay doctors, but there's some leakage in there. And so if you ask doctors what they received and you ask consumers what they paid, they wouldn't add up. And so, to make them add up, the B uh, the BLS has to have this plug number in there, which they adjust once a year. And for whatever reason, they believe there's going to be a massive fall in medical care costs this year uh, that need to needs to be uh, spread out over over 12 months. I'm a little skeptical. I suspect we'll end up adding that back, and and I also think that medical care outside of that adjustment. Should probably lean the other way, uh, but that hasn't happened so far. Um, and going into today's number, economists—the ones who were surprised last month when it was too low—decided uh, it was going to be low again. Um, and so that was a large part of what was what people were expecting. But the other, another important part was that uh, has to do with rents and you know, home prices are flat to declining slightly nationwide. And uh, and rental, if you look at private rent surveys like Zillow rents or what have you, you know, you'll see that they are showing, you know, decreases, especially in, in certain cities around the country, sharp decreases in, in uh, rents being realized. And so economists... Uh, said, well, gee, that's really timely data. And so the BLS rents data is delayed and smooth. And so we shouldn't pay attention to that. We should pay attention to this really, really timely data. And the Fed wrote a paper about about how, you know, gee, they need to take – and they've been – and the speakers, Fed speakers have been talking about how they need to take into account when we have this more timely data – we should take that into account and not get caught up in these long lags. You know, let's not make the lag of monetary policy any longer than it has to be. And the problem is that economists are kind of mistaking uh, timely data for high quality data. Uh, there's a reason that that private rent surveys are declining right now, and one of the reasons is that they were rising at 15 to 20 percent, uh, you know, a year ago. Um, and and we never saw that in the BLS in, in the CPI for rents, and so why you would think that we should now be seeing these decelerations, these drops, when we never saw the big acceleration, is a little a little suspect, I think. But um, I'll get to that in a little bit. But let's but that that's one of the themes going in, and one of the reasons that people were were thinking this would be a, a slower number look, we're past the peak in inflation, um, core inflation, headline inflation, and we're almost past the peak in median inflation. um, And we kind of all agree on that. Now, we've all agreed on that before. uh, But in this case, it really kind of looks like that's probably correct. Where the real debate is going forward is that a lot of mainstream economica and the Federal Reserve uh, believe that now that the peak is in, we're going to see inflation crash back down uh, to you know, 2%, 2.5% by the end of 2023. Um, the basis of that view is that the inflation was really mostly about supply constraints. And now the supply constraints have been solved. There aren't such long lines at the port of Los Angeles. Container costs have dropped a lot. Trucking costs have dropped a lot. Um, therefore, everything goes back to normal. Now, if you've been listening to any of these podcasts, you know that I think that's baloney. Um, a lot of there were supply constraints, but the supply constraints were mainly caused by excess demand, um, and and so they weren't you know native supply chain problems. Uh, and they were all in the goods sector. And so, well, we'll get to this in just a second, but but the question of what's happening to goods and goods inflation is a totally separate question from what is happening to services. And if, in fact, this was all a supply chain and, and everything's you know healing now, uh, if, it was, if that was the entire story, then we would have seen core goods – skyrocket as they did, and then we'd see them crash back, and we wouldn't see really any any major effect in core services. The fact that you we saw lots of lots of effect in core services tells you this is not a supply chain issue. And therefore healing the supply chains doesn't heal the inflation issue. It heals the goods part of it. Um, but again, that's sort of we all kind of knew that was happening and then the debate is over over the rest of it. So the number prints, uh, and it was only 0.1% on headline, 0.2% on core. So we had a, a one-tenth miss on core inflation. It was a little bit – it was one-tenth lower month on month than was expected. Um, and, and the headline number being about a tenth lower was about the right spread. Economists had had those numbers being about the same and they were wrong. I mean, it was very easy to look at the gasoline and and see that headline was going to be about a tenth lower than uh, than core. Um, I don't understand why economists can't do that math. It's a, it's, it's pretty easy to go see. But anyway, um, so the, the core miss of 0.1% too low um, is about what we're talking about 0.1 or 0.12, uh, slightly too low. That was the lowest core. Of, figure month on month in uh, in well over a year. Um and uh and at 0.2%, that would be if we got 0.2% every month, then you get something like, you know, 2.4, 2.5% at the end of, at the end of a year. And so we're back to normal, right? Before we had the COVID crisis, we regularly got 0.2, and occasionally you'd get a 0.1, and a real outlier you'd get a 0.3. And that was kind of where we were. Well, now over the last year, we've seen 0.7, 0.6, 0.5, 0.4, 0.3, 0.2. So, you know, there's, there's a lot more volatility. The volatility is going to continue. We're probably not going to get some 0.7s for a while. But, but we're, the volatility is going to, to be more than it has been in the past. And the overall level is going to be higher than it, is, it has been in the past. Um, and today is sort of at the low end of the distribution that I think we're going to be seeing anytime real soon. If you look at the eight major subgroups, which are food and beverages, housing, apparel, transportation, medical care, recreation, education, communication, and other, um, of those eight major groups, medical care declined, down a half percent on the month. Transportation declined; most of that was energy, well, not well, energy and used cars, um, and then every other category. Uh, was up on the month including apparel. apparel had been a drag last month again, part of the core goods story it actually advanced month on month uh, today and it, which was a little surprising. I kind of thought we'd continue to see a drag in apparel just like I thought we'd continue to see a, a drag in core goods um, and, and we didn't this month. Um, uh, within medical care, you know we had that um, uh, we had that drag from health, insurance, um, but medicinal drugs, you know, pharmaceuticals were up a tenth month on month. Doctor services were up 0.04 percent. Pretty weak, but positive. Um, I kind of thought those would accelerate a little bit um, to offset some of the health insurance decline, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, median inflation, which hasn't printed as of the uh, as of now, now that I'm, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, um, I'm estimating it to be about 0.48%, which would be the lowest, uh, in about a year. Um, we were a little bit lower, I guess, last December. Uh, but, but the last four figures have, uh, or the last three figures have each been lower than the month prior. So there's some clear deceleration in the month on month from median CPI and, And year-on-year has been, within rounding, 7%, 7%, and 7% for the last three months. So there's clearly some topping going on. Um, We have one more sort of difficult comp or easy comp next month. Uh, But then we're probably going to start to see that year-on-year number come down. Um, uh, The interesting part is, is, and I, I kind of alluded to this, Core goods prices uh, fell, uh, decelerated, so they only have risen 3.68% year on year over the last year. Remember, they had been up at like 13%, um, not that many months ago. But core services continues to accelerate 6.8%, 6.82%, and that had been down around, you know, one and a half or two uh, not so long ago, about a year and a half ago. So, the core services actually continued to reaccelerate. Um, core goods plummeting, we sort of knew. It was a little bit more than we expected. But the fact that core services um, is accelerating still is, I think, I think that's out of consensus. I think that most people have thought, both because of rents and because of services ex-rents, I think most economists felt like those things were going to be decelerating. Um, I think that rents are going to be decelerating. I think the other piece will eventually decelerate. I didn't think it was there yet, and I don't think it's going to be as severe as other people think. Primary rents uh, year on year accelerated further. They now they have now risen 7.9 percent year on year, um, and uh, and owner's equivalent rent 7.1 percent. So both of those are new highs for for those series. So again, you know the the uh, the private surveys that are more timely are showing that both of these things are, are dropping rapidly. Uh, it's not showing up in the BLS data. And some of that is sort of a natural lag, and some of it is just better quality data. Um, I don't think that, that, uh, that those are necessarily wrong. They probably are lagged because you only you know, take a portion of the sample and roll it over every month. But I I, 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 don't believe if you if you talk to, you know if you talk to people, yeah, in some parts of the country in cities, which where most of the economists live, um, rents are declining. But they're not necessarily declining outside of of cities everywhere in the country. And and so I think that, you know, again, um, all of the private rent indices tend to focus on where all the all the apartments are. But there are there are apartments everywhere. And so I think that the better quality BLS data, I think um, I, I think we can't really discount it. Yes, it's going to peak. Yes, it's going to come down. Both of those rent numbers are higher than my model had them going. So they're, they're a bit over their skis. And so I would expect them to come down anyway. But I, I really don't think they're just going to collapse. And if they don't collapse, you're not going to get core inflation to collapse. And that's sort of the, the key point here is that that's a big, slow, sticky category is rents. And if, if you don't get that one right, then you're gonna have a hard time getting core right. And if you want core to decelerate, you, you really have to see rents decelerate and, and they're just not decelerating yet. Um, uh, lodging away from home declined a little bit. Um, uh, and so let's go and look at some of the little small categories that tend to be a pain in the ass sometimes. Um, airfares fell 3% month-on-month. Month. Um, used cars and trucks, which I thought would fall about 1%. Looking at the private surveys, they looked like they, were, they fell too much last month, and so I thought well, there would be a give-back. In fact, they're down 3% month-on-month. Month. That's more than, than the private surveys say that they should be down. So I think that's going to end up being a give-back. And, uh, and, and new cars and trucks' um, prices were unchanged to slightly higher. Again, that's part of the dynamic here. The used cars went way up, and they're kind of coming back a little bit. New cars, though, new car prices continue to rise. And, and again, if 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 all of this was sort of a supply chain and a you know um, uh, you know we weren't producing because everyone was locked down, if it was that kind of story, you know, we can't get chips, and and all those things were true, you'd expect new car prices to be declining as well, and and they're simply not. Um, let's see. So the core services X rents, um, 6.33% year on year. And that's down just a tiny little bit. I've spoken about this before in prior, prior months. I've been focusing on this for several months. Ironically, suddenly everybody is looking at core services X rents, um, and, thinking, and saying that's important, well, um, it's important because that's where, as I've said before, that's where the wages show up. You know, services, um, uh, if you look at, at, at uh, things like uh, other personal care services and some of the health services stuff, and um, there, there are a lot of the, the – obviously, if there's services, you're paying wages, and that's the main input is labor. So – when you have inflation go up and then you have wages follow that, it then moves into core services, less rent of shelter, and that gives momentum to the overall process. Again, as with rents, so these, uh, this is less, a lot less sticky than, than rents, but it's kind of the second less sticky of the, of the four major, major groupings. If you don't have core services, less rent of shelter, decelerate substantially, again, you're not going to have core inflation go back to 2%. Okay, it's going to decelerate because core goods are decelerating, but it's going to be really hard to get it very low if you've got core services, less rent of shelter at 6.3, and you've got rents at, at uh, 7.9. It's hard to get, in the, the, between the, those two things, that's you know, more than half of the basket. It's sort of hard to get the overall number, and that's, that's the majority of core hard to get the overall number down to two. Um, and uh, so that's just a simple math thing. Um, now, when you look at the distribution of prices, so one of the things I do is I look at all the lowest, lower level categories, and I kind of, I uh, calculate the year on year for each of these lower level categories and then put them on a distribution thing. And, and no, you don't get a nice bell curve. You never get a nice bell curve. There's always too much weight in one tail or the other, which is the reason I look at median rather than, than core. Core is an average, median is not. And so when you look at an average, those outliers really matter a lot. Uh, two things sort of happened to that distribution this month, but over the last couple of months. So one of them is that those two tails um, are, th- they're, they're tails on both sides. Um, a lot of times you'll get, you know, a, a big lower tail or a big upper tail um, because there's some weird outlier. In this case, there's lots of outliers on both sides. There's this it's really diffuse, really um, uh, really diverse group of price changes. In um, the middle of the distribution, the mode kind of shifted from being just above 6% to just below 6%. And you can sort of see that when you look at the chart and you compare it to last month, you see this little shift to the middle. And a lot of that is, the, um, is some of the some of the regional rent indices, but some other stuff that was growing around 6%. And so interestingly, if you look at the weight of components, the weight of the CPI that's inflating faster than 5%, it's about 70% of the basket. And that's been pretty consistent for the last six months or so. If you look at the weight of the components inflating faster than 6%, that was also pretty close to 70%, but has fallen off sharply over the last couple of months and is now only about a third of the basket, a little more than a third of the basket. So those really high, you still have some real high outlier, outliers, but the middle of the distribution is starting to shift left. And so that means that that's one of the reasons you know that median is is in the process of getting ready to start to come down a little bit. The biggest decliners on the month were used cars, car and truck rental, public transportation. Um, there were a lot of big gainers actually, even though the core overall was sort of weak. Uh, those are the biggest decliners that in core. The biggest gainers in core were miscellaneous personal goods. Infants and toddlers apparel, there was actually a lot of apparel that kind of had some decent gains. Personal care services, vehicle maintenance and repair, communication, jewelry, watches, vehicle insurance, um, and one of the owner's equivalent rent uh, regions for the South. Um, And all of those inflated at an annualized monthly rate of more than 10%. Um, Looking category by category, there's also an interesting story in the goods sec- sector itself. If you look in recreation, you look at some of the goods in recreation. Um, here are the all of these things declined one um, percent or greater, okay, month on month. TVs were down three point eight percent. Other video equipment down four point one percent. Audio equipment down one percent. Sports equipment down one percent. Photographic equipment and supplies down one point six percent. Toys down 1.8%. None of these are super huge weights, but do you see any commonality in those things, TVs, video equipment, audio equipment, sports equipment, toys? Those are all Christmas things. Those are all sort the sorts of things that people go to the mall to buy, or nowadays they go on Amazon or whatever. But, but, um, and, And ordinarily, those are all NSH and non-seasonally adjusted changes. So we expect those things to fall late in the year because they get discounted going into Christmas. Um, The fact that they're that heavily discounting in November is a little unusual. Um, and, And I think that, you know, this is sort of reading between the lines. This is not the data. This is sort of anecdotal. But if you if you listen to retailers and you sort of read what retailers are saying, a lot of them are, comp- are saying they have way too much inventory. You know, They ordered, overordered you know, because last year was such a, a debacle. The last couple of years have been difficult, so they overordered. And, and you are seeing lots and lots of discounts. I mean, I, there were lots of pre-Black Friday sales, and I think that that's part of what showed up. If that's true, then the December markdowns that usually show up in CPI – won't show up as much in CPI. So um, so let me let me sum up here. Um, we um, going into this figure, here's what I believed. One, inflation is in the process of peaking. Two, goods price inflation is decelerating. Three, rents will eventually decelerate, but private surveys are overestimating that. Four, core services, X rents, where the wage inflation is, is going to be sticky. And that five, and most importantly, after the peak, and we all sort of agree there's a peak, where we disagree is how far core inflation is going to fall, core and median. It's not going to fall to two. My belief going into this is it's going to go to four or five percent, right? And then it's going to get disagreeably stubborn and it's going to be hard to push it a lot below four percent. Today's data Let's remember, the markets loved it. Um, it means the Fed's going to go fifty basis points tomorrow. It means that they're probably going to do another twenty-five, maybe another 25, 25. But then they're probably going to stop. And that was kind of what we thought going in. That one tenth is not going to change anything. Um, it's just not. It's not not a big enough miss to matter. And moreover, the misses were in core goods, where we already kind of you know, it's it was in the same direction. It was just going down a little bit faster. So. I, I, I don't think that any of this story really changed. Um and uh and that means that you know we're going into the end of the year with uh with a number that is is still quite high, is heading in the right direction, but it's going to take a few months before people realize it's not coming down as fast as they think it should be coming down. I think maybe it's gonna take three or six months. Um and uh, and so I don't know exactly when markets will catch on and start to to price that in. But it feels to me like kind of middle part of next year, we're going to see yield curves start to steepen, um, not because short rates are going to come down, but because longer interest rates are going to go back up. They've rallied quite a bit because the Fed is done and inflation is going to two. Uh, and the Fed is probably close to done, but inflation ain't going to two. And at some point, the, the, the curves are going to have to Recognize that and also recognize that you've got interest costs for the government going up quite substantially next year along with Social Security payments, and so you're going to have deficits going up quite a bit and a lot more bonds to be sold, and you don't have the Feds sitting there buying them anymore. And uh, and so at some point, that's going to start competing interest rates higher, I think. Um But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's my view. That's today's number. I think uh, even though it was only a one tenth miss, where the miss happened, I think, is sort of an interesting story. Um, And so that's all for today. Uh, You can contact me at uh, InflationGuy at EnduringInvestments.com. You can follow the blog at InflationGuy.blog. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, at inflation underscore guy is the, the public Twitter. But if you want to get this sort of analysis on the CPI report in real time on CPI morning, if you're the kind of person that has some value to, then uh, you should go to shop, uh, and you should subscribe to the private Twitter channel. Um, most importantly, uh, you know, even though inflation's coming down, That doesn't mean prices are coming down. Defend your money. And if inflation is coming for you, remember, you know a guy.